Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here with Michaela. Michaela, how are we doing this week? Oh, this week's been amazing. The weather yeah. has just gotten colder and colder uh, yeah. here. All the leaves are off the trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids are starting to go a little crazy because Christmas is right around the corner. Chris, uh, Christmas is getting closer. Yeah, the leaves are almost all down. So have almost all of those uh, cleared up here in the yard. So a little bit more to do, but not too many. So yeah. Yeah. So getting colder. Um, yeah, mostly just hanging out inside, you know, still getting ready. We got uh, Christmas coming up in two weeks. So finishing the last of the, you know, Christmas shopping and getting all the presents and getting everything wrapped so we can uh, send it out for socially distanced Christmas. So that's right. That's right. Having a safe COVID Christmas this year. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so you said, as you said, it's getting colder and we are uh, heading to the North Pole today. So what do you think we should be drinking today? You know, I'm thinking some hot chocolate. Okay. Hot chocolate sounds great. Uh, it's going to be served with a song and a dance number, just like it is on the Polar Express. Oh, you know it. And I'm going to like throw it up in the air. It's going to perfectly land in your glass, just like in the Polar Express. Uh, no uh, HSE health and safety issues with that at all. It's no, be it'll, be, it'll be fine. Yeah. Hot, hot we got it. Hot, 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 we got it. That's right. All right. Well, let's um, take a quick break and we'll go uh, whip up some hot chocolate and we will be right back. Okay, so it's time to make some hot chocolate. Now, I asked Michaela if she had a favorite recipe, and you did. Um, I sure did. And you sent me one. It comes from uh, CelebratingSweets.com, and we'll put a link to uh, that recipe on our website and in the show notes. Um, but it's really pretty simple, um, kind of a nice base recipe. So it's just uh, four cups of whole milk, one quarter cup of unsweetened cocoa powder, a quarter cup of granulated sugar, a half a cup of bittersweet or semi-sweet chocolate chips or kind of a chopped up, crushed up chocolate bar and then a quarter teaspoon of uh, pure vanilla extract. And you just kind of, you know, put that all into a pan and warm it up and it's good to go. But you like to doctor it up a little bit, right? I do. Um, I do. So for the four cups of whole milk, um, I uh, am a fatty, so I love the richer taste. So I, I add, uh, I do two cups of half and half and two cups of whole milk um, yep. for the full cups. Um, yeah, very rich. Yeah, it is. It is pretty rich. And uh, the unsweetened cocoa powder, just make sure it's unsweetened because you're going to get plenty of mm-hmm. sugar with the sugar. Um, I right. think I normally use the Hershey's cocoa powder because it's easy. It's the, fa- the easiest thing to have on hand. But if you have anything, local, grab, right? sourced, mm-hmm. yeah, if you have anything local, um, that's probably going to be better. Um, just give it a more, I don't know, homier taste. And then for the uh, bittersweet chocolate, I use chocolate from Betty's Tea Shop in Harrogate, England, um, which you can actually get if you go um, online. I think it's Betty's Tea Shop. uk. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's Betty's.co.uk. There you go. Um, They actually have it where you can order it. It won't be in time for Christmas this year, but... um, you can you can order like a little I think they call it a, a, a mm-hmm. basket full or a, yeah um, they they had a, it looked like a holiday basket and it came with the hot chocolate mix uh, which is what we used right, um, right and then also it came with uh, some cookies I believe as well yeah oh my gosh their shortbread cookies are great so Betty's is an institution uh, in England uh, every single time I go anywhere near uh, Leeds England I had uh, make the extra trip to Harrogate and go to Betty's Tea Shop. Um, and so I always bring some back with me. It's mm-hmm. nice to know that we can get it um, as well online. Yeah, and absolutely. so I use the, instead of bittersweet or semi-sweet chocolate chips, I just use their, um, their chocolate, right? Which does not have any extra sugar in it as well. So you're not going to make this super sweet um, mm-hmm. 
You can add more sugar if you want, but it is not a super sweet chocolate. It's a very dark, um, hot chocolate, which yeah, I it was, prefer. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, uh, definitely when uh, you made it for me, um, we had it that is, you know, definitely a darker, uh, more, more bitter chocolate. It wasn't super sweet, um, but yeah, really good. Um, but if you wanted to make something sweeter, um, maybe more for the kids, you could definitely just use like some, you know, regular milk chocolate. You wouldn't have to use anything, you know, quite that fancy. Sure, sure. And it's probably, um, you know, you could always add whipped cream on top or the marshmallows, the little marshmallows. Um, this was a very kind of purist, um, mm -hmm. you know, interpretation as it were. So we just added the vanilla extract at the end and um, kind of whisked it up and, and served it. Um, you, uh, to make an adult version, you could also add some really nice booze, which that's right. Yes. Yeah. Right? yeah. We used, um, the Jack Daniels fire, which is a cinnamon, uh, whiskey. So it'd be, uh, kind of along the same lines. If you're not familiar with that with like fireball or, um, Evan Williams does a cinnamon, uh, whiskey as well. Uh, but really you could use, you know, sort of anything you wanted and kind of do your own spin on it. So you could use like creme de menthe or, um, some coffee liqueur, uh, like Kahlua or, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, Grand Marnier, if you wanted to do like a chocolate covered orange kind of a thing. Absolutely. Um, and that's something fun and easy to do. Um, not this year, but just generally, if you're having, you know, a holiday party or like a winter get together, you could make up a big batch of the hot chocolate, like in a crock pot or something like that, and have a few uh, different of these uh, liquors to uh, kind of spike it up for the adults at the party. And then obviously you just have the hot chocolate for the kids too. So yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's definitely a holiday favorite. Um, and if uh, for any reason you have an aversion to milk, there's a 100% vegan version that I've actually tried and it okay. tastes pretty good. Um, instead of using any sort of cow's milk, you mm -hmm. use almond milk instead. Um, okay. I do recommend almond instead of any other type of nut, nut milk. Um, right. it, it does give it a really nice creamy consistency and mm. um, Enjoy Life does these mini vegan chocolate chips that okay. melt beautifully. Um, they whisk, they whisk really nicely in and the rest of it is vegan already. So that's oh, a great option. If, uh, you have, you know, uh, lactose intolerance or something like that, it's still really creamy and it tastes very decadent and sweet, which oh, is okay. awesome. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, uh, well, you made this hot chocolate and I have to say it was, it was amazing. Um, I loved it with the, the Jack Daniels fire, just the, kind of that little bit of cinnamon, uh, with that really rich dark chocolate. So it was really good. Yeah, well, it's ready to go. So yeah. you want to take a quick break and we can uh, board the train in the North Pole? Yeah, that sounds great. So uh, let's get on board and we'll be right back and we'll talk about the Polar Express. Sounds good. Spoiler warning for anyone who's not seen Polar Express. Pause, go make yourself some hot, hot chocolate, watch Polar Express, and then come back and we can chat about it. Absolutely. Let's uh, get right into it. So this movie was released on November the 10th in 2004 and it stars Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks um, in most of the roles and it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Now um, Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks have a pretty long history together. They've done um, several films. They've uh, done this movie, The Polar Express. They've also done Christmas Carol, which is another animated uh, Christmas yep. film. Um, they did Forrest Gump, um, Castaway together. And they're also doing, um, which is still in production, a new uh, live-action version of Pinocchio. That's set yep. to come out. Um, I think in 2022, I think I saw it yeah. back too. So, so yeah. yeah, so quite a long history of, of those two working together. And I have to say their results, uh, more often than not, are pretty good. So. Yeah, and uh, you know they have a really great relationship when it comes to production of the film. Um, as well, I mean, Tom Hanks plays five characters within this film. Mm -hmm. He was uh, considered, they originally considered to have him play all of them, but he, okay. became, he became a little exhausted um, right. due to the nature of the production of the film. And I say that because this was the first film to fully mm -hmm. use any sort of motion capturing equipment right, in yeah. kind of a, an, against a black box stage, which would then be animated to make the resulting film. So mm -hmm. we've seen pieces of this in, you know, facets of other films, but this was the very first one uh, to fully use the motion capturing equipment to do that. So he, you know, not only did Tom Hanks have to physically act out the characters, but he also had to voice the characters. Um, right. 
there's a lot more than just kind of getting into makeup and, and going on. In fact, Tom Hanks really sure. likened it to when he had to do, you know, uh, theater acting on the okay. stage. And right. it was really interesting to hear him talk about this process of making a movie, which, you know, we don't see any of that in the resulting magic that sort of occurs. Um, right. We yeah. Just, you- see a cartoon you know <laughs> so. yeah and i mean you can you can definitely kind of tell um uh, that you would have likened it to like a stage production because when you're watching it the characters do have kind of this you know like bigger gestures and things to their to their movements and stuff um, sure. so yeah so that was pretty cool so it was the is like you said it was the first one that kind of utilized that technology which was neat and i believe it was the first film that was shown um in the 3d imax uh back when that was um, yes. kind of a really popular format back in kind of that mid to late 2000s. Yep, absolutely. And this uh, this movie, I mean, aside from being groundbreaking there on the motion capture, it was also nominated for three Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing, and Best Original Song. Um, I, I did not win any of those three, but yeah, it was nominated for three Academy Awards as well. Yeah, no, and the song still, uh, it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's kind of a newer um, mm-hmm. Christmas song. It's not, you know, Nat King Cole or anything, but it's, uh, right. it's, it's the song Believe. And it's, it's really, um, I think it does something that from an original song perspective that definitely earned it an Oscar nod, um, right, which sure. it really captured kind of the whole feel of the movie in, you know, a three and a half minute song, which is pretty extraordinary. The sound editing is really interesting um, that it that it was nominated for that. I mean, there's a lot of train noises and (laughs) especially when they're going over, um, there's an ice kind of lake that they go over. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of mixing that has to happen there. Um, But also because they have to match the voiceovers in a certain way because of the production quality that they were using, Mm -hmm. um, the techniques that 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 was pretty cool, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, the song really, really fits in well. You get kind of the the theme of the song um, kind of throughout the whole movie. It just kind of, you know, plays that not not necessarily on loop, but it just kind of keeps going back to that same theme. And then finally, you know, as you get to the end of the end of the film, it, it you know, builds into the whole whole kind of song there. So sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this movie starts out, um, you get just a little bit of a, a narration uh, coming in, you know, Tom Hanks is just kind of, you know, talking, you know, Christmas Eve, and I believe he he says something to the effect of, and there I was laying in bed, um, something like that to kind of, you know, let you know that he's he's narrating it, but it's a story about about himself, and he's laying there, you know, it's Christmas Eve, you kind of hear some noises, and, you know, you get the feeling right away, you know, this kid's a little bit skeptical, but, you know, he's going to get up and check it out, you know, might be Santa, might be maybe not. And so he gets up and, and looks and he, you know, sees his parents kind of in there talking, talking to his sister. So, you know, one more kind of nail in the coffin for, for his believing in Santa. He's just a little bit too yeah. old for that. So. Yeah. The, the, the sister is really concerned that, um, I mean, the milk, the milk and cookies are still there and mm-hmm. the sister's really concerned that the brother doesn't really think that Santa really can do all the things that they think Santa can do so travel all around the world and give presents and right and he sees his dad and his dad's got like a Santa hat like stuffed in his back pocket mm-hmm. and it further kind of you know leads him to believe that maybe this isn't you know Santa's not really real and um, right but he ends up kind of laying back down and his parents come tuck him in one last time yep. and uh for because it's Christmas Eve Yep. And it's it's supposed to be <laughs> Santa's supposed to be here any minute. So, right. Yeah. And he's kind of uh, he's kind of pretending that he's asleep and they're talking about, oh, he's you know, he's out like a light. We can go, you know, put the stuff out now and things. And he kind of hears this. And I think his uh, I don't remember if it's his uh, if it's his mom or her dad, but makes the comment that an express train wouldn't wake him now. Yeah. Uh, which is which is not true, because then in the in the very next scene, uh the uh, the train pulls right up and here yeah here is it and uh, wakes him right up jumps out of bed, um you know kind of you know what's that looks out the window throws on his throws on his coat. Um, yeah, it's his his um his blue um robe right and he has a because yep. he's in his pajamas he's in these really cute little yellow pajamas and he pulls on his coat and or his um robe but the <clears throat> pocket. Of, of his robe kind of mm-hmm. falls over his bed post and right, yep. 
and all these marbles kind of fall out onto the ground. And uh, he goes out to kind of check out what's going on. And nobody else uh, seems to have heard this train. Right, yeah. No one else on this road. Um, it's really, it's really kind of neat because it, it, I don't know, this is for me where the film has kind of a darkness to it, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's this really interesting story about believing and not seeing and believing anyway and having Christmas right. faith and stuff. But there's also this darkness to it because that train sounded really, really loud. I mean, it scared, it scared him, right? So he yeah, goes sure. out to see and, um, you know, yet we see another Tom Hanks. This time he's the conductor. Right. And he's uh, asking, you know, if he's going to board the train. And he's he says, I don't think I'm going to board. And they have this great conversation where <clears throat> he looks him up. The conductor kind of looks up this boy. And we mm -hmm. never know the name of this boy, right? We never find out what his name is. But he says, right. well, you know, you didn't take a picture with Santa this year. You know, you you, you had your sister put out the milk and cookies. Right. This yep. sounds like a crucial year for you. You really this should think about getting on this train. Right. And he, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. So the train starts to leave. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he decides kind of at the last second to go ahead and run and try and catch this train. And he just, he makes it. Um, and then you get to see him actually kind of board this Polar Express train. Right. Yeah. So he, yeah. So he's, he's a little hesitant to get on um, at first, but yeah, definitely, you know, chases down the train, you know, decides, you know, he needs to, needs to uh, see where this is going. Um, so he runs down and, and finally gets on, they open the door for him and he gets on and um, he gets on the train and there's already a bunch of kids on there. So there's, and there's two kids kind of in particular that uh, we get to spend the rest of the story with. So there's um, this little girl, I believe they refer to her as a hero girl. She doesn't have a, have a name in the story either. And, you know, she's a, she's a believer in Santa Claus. So she's, you know, she's there. And then you have another kid who's kind of a know-it-all boy, you know, he's, you know, quick to point out facts, tell you, tell you all of the, uh, all the things that he knows. Oh yeah. The train is 58 meters long and it weighs 475,000 tons and right. whatever. And, and it, it's, it's a coal train or it does this and it does that. And mm -hmm. he really kind of knows everything. And it, it's interesting um, because you don't understand from the movie really what the criteria is for the train to stop at your house. Right. I don't know, looking at these people, I don't know if it was really people who were on the fence about Santa Claus. Clearly the boy is, but the girl, um, she's, uh, the first thing she says is, you know, this is, we're going to the North Pole. Isn't this exciting? Right. And so yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and maybe the book, because I think this was based on a book, mm -hmm. um, maybe that goes over that into a little bit more detail of. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How these kids just kind of all got onto the you know, made it, made their way onto the train. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so they're, they're already on, like you said, the kind of this uh, know-it-all boy is, is, you know, going over, you know, all the, all the facts of the train and, you know, what kind of train it is and, and all the stuff, you know, what's going on. Um, and then they go by a big department store and you hear him yell out, it's, um, uh, Herpelsheimer's, you know, this, uh, <laughs> this know-it-all boy, he's like, look, it's Herpelsheimer's and it's this big department store. Um, and fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, Michaela, but that's actually a real store. Um, it's oh, I had Gra no idea. Yeah, it's in uh, it's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which would make sense if you're going to the North Pole because um, supposedly the house that the hero boy gets picked up from um, was based on Robert Zemeckis's boyhood home, which is in uh, just outside of Chicago, I believe. So I guess that would be the direction you're going if you're headed north. So oh, that totally makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So well, it is a beautiful store. It reminds me of the store from like the Christmas story, right? Right. Where yeah. There's a beautiful front window and there's Santa Claus and it it's a motorized Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. where yep. He's like handing out, he's putting presents under the tree, and mm -hmm. everybody thinks that he's actually real for a second. And then the boy, the main character, sees that there's like a gear or something sticking out of his back. And so he's like, ah. That's not the real Santa, right. but it's a, it's a really lovely like corner where I imagine that all the kids in that area would look in and see all the toys and see all the toys. Yeah. Absolutely. Very comfortable. Reminded me, it was very nostalgic for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they're going by the, going by the, going by the store and the uh, conductor, um, the Tom Hanks conductor uh, comes through and he starts to uh, punch everyone's tickets. So all the kids are, you know, pulling their tickets out of their pocket and they get to, they get to our uh, hero um, and he puts his hand in his pocket 
Um, and it's the pocket with the hole in it, so no ticket there. Um, and the conductor, you know, just yeah, just very smoothly check your other pocket. And so he does, and he pulls out his ticket, and he gets uh, his first two letters punched. The conductor's going around punching two letters on everyone's ticket, and he punches in the letters B-E, and we have no idea what that means. Uh, the boy has no idea what that means. Um, and, you know, some of the other kids had different letters. So. Yeah, and he uh, the ticket's really neat because it reminds me of, like the golden ticket from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Yep. It's this really beautiful, shiny looking ticket um, that seems, uh, you know, it's got it. It's got to be magical because it wasn't there before, and now it's in right. his pocket. Yep. And uh, so he gets a ticket. Uh, he gets his ticket punched, and then they make one more stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And the stop that they make is at this kind of rundown looking house. Um, right. I don't think it has Christmas lights on it. It's just kind of a, it's a smaller house. It just doesn't look as inviting. Um, yeah. And I think, um, I think the know-it-all boy actually makes mention. He's like, oh, we're on the other side of the tracks or something. Yeah, so, yeah. so I kind of just, you know, get, get the feeling, you know, this is, you know, the different part of town than these other kids are from and stuff. So. Right. And the, there's a boy who like the main character, he comes mm-hmm. out, um, he shakes his head no he's like I'm not I'm not gonna get on the train right and um, you know the train starts to move because the conductor's like it's a polar express and he's the conductor you know he's uh, very much uh, dedicated to his schedule he's got this really cool watch that he keeps right. checking to make yep. sure because they need to make it to the North Pole by a certain time it's really important we don't really understand why but uh, we do later um, but he's you know kind of he's he's always worried about being late so yep he's gonna leave him there and so the little boy starts to try and run and catch the uh the train just like our hero boy did but he trips and he so trips, the hero yeah. boy has to make a decision and mm-hmm. he's trying to help him get on the train and so he decides to go ahead and deploy the emergency brake which yep. completely stops the train and of course the conductor comes in and is completely upset at first mm-hmm. and then realizes that it was to help the kid actually get on the train and the little boy, I think his name is Billy. We, it's the yep. one name we learn is right. this little, this kind of lonely boy, his name's Billy. And he wants to sit. He doesn't want to sit with all the other kids on this, um, in this one car. He goes, mm-hmm. sits at the very back of the train in a car. That yeah, all by himself. Yeah. All the kids. And, and that's kind of sad. Makes me mm-hmm. sad for him. You don't really uh, understand why he wants to do that. Cause the kids aren't mean or anything. He just doesn't want to be around anybody. Right. Yeah. He just kind of, yeah. Isolates himself back in the, on the next car back. So, um, but we're going to get kind of introduced to the boy because it's, uh, time for everyone's favorite refreshment on your way to the North pole. Um, certainly our favorite refreshment tonight. Um, but the conductor comes in and tells everyone it's hot chocolate time. And then you have all of the waiters come in and they do the uh, whole song and dance number for hot, hot, we've got it hot chocolate. There's only one rule, never, ever let it cool. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So, um, so all the kids get their hot chocolate, you know, they're all excited. It's delicious. Um, and we see the, uh, the little girl gets her hot chocolate and she decides she's going to go back and take it to this, uh, to, to the new kid, to Billy. Cause he didn't get any, um, when they came out and did their, did their song and dance, they forgot about him on the next car back. So she decides she's going to, uh, go and take him a cup of hot chocolate, but unfortunately she leaves her ticket on the seat. So the hero boy sees the ticket and decides he needs to get it back to her. So she's taking him the hot chocolate and he's on her on his way to take her the ticket that she left on the seat there. Yep. And then he loses it. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's uh, trying, trying to go through, I believe the, uh, the know-it-all boy tells him, you know, he's not allowed to move train cars while the train's moving. You know, if you're, if you're a little kid, you have to have an adult with you or something to, to yeah. move on the train cars. So he's, he's standing well, out, you know, kind of see imbe- why that's a good idea, because <laughs> this is not a very good connection point where the two cars are connected. It no. is literally like the hinge at the bottom of the train and that's it. So not a safe move probably for uh, kids to be doing it uh, by themselves. Um, and it, it, it's out there where he's trying to go across and that where he kind of let's go with the ticket right yep yeah the the wind kind of takes it out of his hand and um so he loses the ticket but we do get a really uh, neat visual and this was kind of probably one of the first times you would have ever seen something like this um to the scale um just because of the way they could film it with the you know the computer graphics and things but it kind of pulls back and you see the ticket flying alongside of the train 
And in the background, you see the little boy going through the train, um, but it's following this ticket along and it, it looks really neat, but the ticket goes on quite the journey. I think it goes into like a, there's like a pack of wolves that goes by and some deer um, before like an eagle picks it up, um, takes it up to the nest, um, you know, it gets, it gets spit out and it eventually makes its, makes its uh, way back into the, into the train car, you know, something, something only a magic ticket could do. But yeah, I, I really like the way that that looked. Um, just the way that it could kind of pan along the side of the yeah. train. It was probably one of my favorite parts, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. To me, it was very reminiscent of Forrest Gump, which is also a Robert Zemeckis. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. The, Tom Hanks film, right? The um, feather there. Yeah. Yeah. The just, but, but this was 100% kind of, you know, graphics and, and the right. way the, the sound mixing, I see why it, it got an Oscar nod in, in this, because not only can you hear what's happening to the ticket itself, because it gets mm -hmm. crumpled up and then it gets, you know, stretched out again, but also the wind and, you know, things are happening in the distance and it goes through, like you said, quite a journey before it actually ends up back on the train, right. because the train is going up and down some hills and itself and it's really kind yep. of neat and and the hero boy uh ends up getting the ticket again right he sees it yeah and, it gets uh, it gets stuck in um i think it comes through and it gets stuck into the vent and the boy's standing there uh you know looking up and and sees it and is able to pull it out of there right and so he tries to go back to find uh the girl and the conductor uh to see if he can give her ticket back mm -hmm. and of course the know-it-all boy is like ah if he doesn't have a ticket you know they're gonna throw her off gonna the throw train. her off the train yeah and so he's you know he's scared that you know something might have you know bad has happened to her and that's the thing where you're you're, you're sure, i mean we're going to the north pole so we would think right. that this is a completely happy-go-lucky trip but it's not um, right yeah you know there's a little spooky uneasiness that happens throughout this entire train ride right mm -hmm. and so one of the things that ends up happening, definitely a big safety issue, you should never do this, is he gets to the back of the train, he can't find her, Billy mm -hmm. uh, is there drinking his hot cocoa, and he, he's like, I don't know where she went, and so he decides, the main character boy decides to climb up the roof, up to the mm -hmm. roof of the train, and walk back to see if he, that's where he can find the conductor, because they've had to have gone somewhere since they're not on the back of the train. Right. And, you know, that's when to me it starts to get really mysterious and spooky because right. he's not alone on that roof. That's right. Yeah. So he gets up on the roof and he sees um, kind of some light kind of, you know, up up the distance, you know, going back up the train. So he, he works his way up, you know, this uh, snow covered roof of the train and he uh, runs across the hobo sitting there, you know, has has the fire, has a little coffee pot on a on a stick hanging over the coffee pot. Um, you know, and he asks him what he's doing. He tells him, you know, he's trying to get the get the ticket. You know, he's like, well, that's nice, but it offers him some coffee and, you know, asking him if he believes and things. So, yeah, so that's the first um, kind of, you know, person we meet that, you know, kind of gives us the hint that this is kind of more of like a, a conjuring kind of a thing. So Right. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely spooky. And when he, he gives him some coffee, so the little boy takes the coffee, he takes a couple of sips. And then this guy pulls his sock out of the coffee pot. It's totally mm -hmm. disgusting. Yep. Well, he's a hobo. That's how you, that's how yeah. you gotta clean your sock, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's it. But he's talking about, you know, you don't really believe in all of that. And the, the, the kid is just kind of, you know, he's, it's the beginning of kind of a test of a, really a test of his faith, I guess. Right. In, in yep. Of his, uh, of his Christmas, uh, Christmas faith. And, um, you know, the boy, you know, is, is definitely shaken from it. Cause he says, something um to the effect of we aren't really going to the north pole isn't this all just a dream like he doesn't believe that any of this is really happening which makes sense right because uh let me be clear once again when they're on a roof of a moving train <laughs> that is supposed to be going to the north pole so right. if this is real it's pretty magical if it's not real it might you know this dude just had him drink coffee out of a sock it could be a really bad nightmare at this point I'm kind of on the kid's side as to whether or not this is real, um, if I'm honest. Right, yeah. Well, it's about to get a little bit more real because the hobo tells him, you know, you better get back inside or get where you're going because we're coming up on Flat Top Tunnel. And you you see it up up in the distance and Flat Top Tunnel looks really cool. 
um, kind of in this, you know, art style, but it, it almost looks like a mouth with big jagged teeth kind of sticking out of it. So, yeah. and there's so no way to, there's no safe space to be on the top of the train yeah, when it very, goes through the tunnel. So he needs to get into a car uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, it's very, very low clearance. So we see, uh, see little boys kind of running up the train and he finally just at the last second kind of dives into the, uh, into the coal car and you see him kind of you know, swim out of the coal at the bottom. Um, but he's reunited with the girl. She's just sitting there, you know, driving the train. Yeah, the engineers, Smokey and Steamer, the people actually running the train with the conductor, they're actually climbed outside and left mm -hmm. her in charge. They're trying to replace a light bulb in front of the train. Uh, and <laughs> and it, it's it's supposed to be really comedic and funny. I like this. It's very slapstick kind of right. comedy. Yep. Um, that they do, but they, they end up stopping uh, short uh, of hitting a ginormous herd of caribou. Yeah, right? there it, it looks like there's just thousands of these caribou just kind of standing there, standing there on the tracks. But they finally, at the at the last second, they get the train stopped, and of course, the conductor comes out and is like, "Why are we stopped again?" <laughs> Yeah, that poor train conductor he's thanks. having like a heart attack <laughs> right uh so you know so they point out you know these thousand caribou and he's like oh okay well that was probably good then that we got stopped so um they get the caribou you know cleared off the tracks and they they get going again um going back up you know up and down mountains it kind of looks like a roller coaster uh the way they're the way they're going through this and they finally hit probably one of the the neatest scenes i think for this first section of the of the film just the way that it's that it's shot and using kind of this new computer you know graphic technology they'd they developed but it hits um big frozen lake and the the tracks kind of underneath of the uh, top layer of ice um the throttle breaks and the train just starts you know skidding out of control going across this uh frozen lake yep yeah it's pretty scary looking um you know the the kids are you know the well the kids at the in the front of the train so the hero boy and the girl, they're, they're pretty terrified because they, right. um, they're seeing that we're going real, real fast. And then, of course, Smokey and Steamer, they are uh, trying to fix um, the throttle, right? They're, they've got yep. a pin, like yeah, the... a bobby pin holding Smokey's hair, and that ends up saving the day. Um, but not before this really big skid across the lake. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, then kind of right, you know, as soon as they get it fixed, uh, sort of a comedy of errors, the lake starts to, you know, crack and things. So they need to need to get going. So they get this throttle uh, fixed and they get going and they make it kind of off of this lake just in time before all the ice is gone. Yeah, uh, so, it's scary. So, but, you know, um, the the conductor, you know, he's he's got his job to do, though. So he still hasn't punched the, the little girl's ticket. So you know, he asked her for his ticket. She doesn't have it. But luckily, our uh, the hero boy has gotten it back to her. So he he's it to gotten her. it back to her. Yeah, and, and there's a really interesting um, part as well where the hero boy asked the girl what to do um, mm -hmm. while they're in the middle of this. And the girl, you know, she she's, you could tell she's indecisive and, you know, they're under the gun because they could really, you know, fall into this lake and, and you know, the train could, could <laughs> go into the lake. So they're, she's very, um, in the moment but she makes the decision right she's like mm -hmm. this is what we're supposed to do to stop the train and this is what we're supposed to do um to keep the train going and it, it's really interesting i think it's foreshadowing for later um because she's able to make very quick decisions um in the heat of the moment and they end up being really good decisions right mm -hmm. yep yeah absolutely so get she gets her ticket punched and she gets le uh punched on her so we sort of don't know what that what you know those letters mean but you know different than the hero boys but but she gets her ticket punch so it's time to head back to the seats that kind of a really neat thing and like you said you know this is you know kind of the, at least the first half of this film kind of borders on the spooky but they go back through a train car and it's full of you know just forgotten toys um and sort of like forgotten christmas memories and you get um like an ebenezer scrooge uh puppet uh, that comes yeah. down and and you know it really you know kind of a kind of a scary scene I guess for yeah it's, it definitely remind the hobo's back uh you know he comes back through kind of the Scrooge puppet mm -hmm. um and the hobo character they, that's what he's called he ends up kind of disappearing on top before right before they they get to that bridge right so you yep. never see him again um 
but you're like, how did he, you know, he kind of becomes snow and he disappears. And so right, you're yeah, already just... thinking he's, he's not, he's otherworldly for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he kind of comes back, uh, you know, you see his face again and his voice in the Scrooge puppet um, calling the main character, a doubter. Yep. And, you know, th- this, this whole car is really sad. Um, it's very dirty and kind of gross. Um, but they kind of move through that and they get back to the kid's car, um, which is interesting because the know-it-all boy was like, oh, did you see? We ended up on a lake. And <laughs> yep. I mean, but the kids, they, they weren't scared at all. They seemed, I mean, everything's fine. The rest of them seem like they're having a grand old time. You know? Right. Well, you assume if you're on a train to the North Pole that someone's kind of in charge of it. So you yeah. You, know, you, th- you think it's a, you think it's okay just a just kind of a fun adventure but yeah yeah none of the kids seem to be particularly phased about anything that it that had happened up there so yeah and they uh they get um they end up crossing the arctic circle at that point mm-hmm. and um they have a really beautiful visual of the northern lights yeah you get you get to see really pretty yeah you get to see the northern lights they look really cool and you can see the north pole in the distance um and it's kind of all lit up and it looks um you know, like what you normally kind of associate with the North Pole, you know, kind of this this bright, happy place and things. You see it off in the distance, you know, lit up with all the all the Christmas lights in this little little town, but they actually pull into, you know, the North Pole and you see it's kind of more of this uh, industrial complex, which okay. uh, which makes a lot more sense. You know, if you have to make toys for, you know, all the all the children in the world, you're going to need some big big uh big factories and things so right it's not um, just uh the childhood you know my idyllic version of a house with a couple of elves like right yeah. stuff out of wood right it's yeah like, just just a work an entire city kind of dedicated to um the business of uh getting gifts out the door and under, under the tree for christmas mm-hmm. yeah and so the conductor tells them you know that they're headed to the to the town square um you know to kind of celebrate santa comes out and gives the first gift of Christmas uh, to one of the kids. Um, you know, so all the all the kids are you know excited. They want to get off of the train, but but Billy's you know staying on the train. He's he's still not sure. He still doesn't really want to be part of the crowd. Um, and the conductor even says, um, you know, they tell him, you know, Billy's still on the train. And the conductor says, well, you know, no one's required to see Santa. Right. And I, I think this it might have happened a little bit earlier. But this is when we get to know a little bit more about Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really go into a lot of detail, but he just says Christmas doesn't really work out for him, you know. And they, right. him and the hero girl, they sing a sad song together about how Christmas is our favorite time of year, um, but it's really hard when you're alone. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's very sorrowful. And it, you know, they really, you could tell that the hero boy is really moved to try and get Billy to believe, which is interesting because hero boys in his own kind of dichotomy about whether or not Santa is real, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And so that, that's kind of neat because I think, it, you know, if there's an adult lesson to be learned, it's, it's like if, you know, if you're concerned about your, your faith or your ability to do something, if you focus on getting somebody else through that through that it, it really can help you as well right mm-hmm. yep yeah absolutely so the little girl and the little boy they get back on the train to you know you know, talk to billy you know kind of find out what's up with them but while they're on there the train kind of you know turns loose and it runs through uh the north pole you know through all of these uh factories and things and it, you know up and down all these crazy hills and things i don't know if it's ever going to stop but it does stop kind of on a on a little turnstile finally and they they get off of the train they don't know where they're at but the little girl hears a bell and she's like that that way you know she she hears it she knows exactly what it is you know she's yeah. she's ready to go but but the little uh little boy hero boy he doesn't hear the bell he, he doesn't know what she's talking about but you know he he trusts her so so he's gonna kind of follow her lead so yeah and they end up in like a command center for the elves right mm-hmm. so um and it, it's one of my favorite scenes because they have like on these video screens all these kids and they're sleeping right. or, yep. you know, they're, they're going through the actions of who's on the naughty and nice list. And they even have like a moment where it's, it's Christmas Eve, but someone's done something. Right. Yeah. Like, I didn't do it. And they're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll let them get by this year on the nice list, but we got to, you know, put a mark down. We got to watch them for next year. And um, mm-hmm. yep, just really, really kind of neat. And 
they go through um, this gift sorting center, which is neat because mm-hmm. it always surprised me. I mean, Santa always had different wrapping paper every year at my house. Right. Um, okay. It was its own wrapping paper. It didn't match any of my other gifts, but mm-hmm. I remember asking my dad, I said, why, you know, why is it different wrapping paper every year? And this movie explains it because there's tons of wrapping paper um, that they're pulling out and using to wrap gifts um, mm-hmm. rather than just like the the Santa paper. So <laughs> um, yeah. it's it's kind of neat, kind of neat the way that it that it works. Yeah, it's that's great. I mean, you, yeah, you see the big command center with the with the elves and you can tell they're just, you know, they're ready to clock out. You know, they've they've worked hard this year. It's almost Christmas. They're, you know, let the kids slide and things. But um, so, you know, the three kids here they get in there, you know, they're on conveyor belts. There's like trampolines, the presents yeah. are falling out onto and things. And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't know where they're going, but, uh, one of these presents falls out and it's for Billy and Billy sees it. Um, so he gets all excited. Um, you get kind of the, the feeling from the way he gets, you know, immediately attached to this present. And then later on, he doesn't want to give it up that he probably has not seen a lot of presents. Yeah. So. And, um, but they, they, they end up, going through uh like a pneumatic tube right they get on a tube mm-hmm. um it, it's it they look at they see some elves get into this kind of train tube thing that is right, going to take yeah. them back to the center of the city which is mm-hmm. where you know santa's supposed to be to give out the first present and it's also interesting because every time they look at a clock it's five to midnight Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so, you know, they're like, we got to be late. But every time they look, they've only got five minutes. Right. Um, yeah. So it shows that time is kind of standing still uh, because they know that, you know, time will wait for them to make sure that they get to the right place. But they yep. end up in the big bag full of presents. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they, you know, so they follow through. They're going through the, the wrapping paper station there they get on um billy has his presence so you know they kind of you know work their way through this factory and they end up in just this huge bag of presents um and i mean you know you'll see santa's bag in a lot of movies and it looks pretty big but this this bag is like the size of a mountain it's gigantic it but gargantuan but yeah, so suddenly do i get to use that in a sentence yeah gargantuan it truly absolutely. is gargantuanly right. big that's right so so they get on there you know he's still holding on to his present um and you get really, you know, kind of the, the specifics on how the, how the elves do it. You know, they come in, they like lift it up on like a, I don't know, some sort of like elf, elf helicopter or something, <laughs> you know, you know, tie it up and, you know, bring it out and you have elves, you know, skydiving out to, to grab it and things. Yeah. Make sure it's yeah. set gently yet, you know, and correctly on the sleigh because heaven forbid this sucker tears, okay. there's going to be a billion gifts all over the place. That's right. But yeah, so they get the, they get the bag lowered down onto the sleigh. The elves that came out in skydive kind of, you know, help the, help the kids get down there down the sack. I think they slide down, down the sack and back into the square, you know, yeah, you know, much, much to the annoyance of the train conductor, you know, where, yeah. you know, where were you guys, but. Um, but they eventually make their way back out. So. And so it's time for the ceremony to begin and mm-hmm. uh, the reindeer start to come out. Yep. And um, the reindeer have, obviously, they have these sleigh bells attached to them and they're kind right. of flying through the air and um, jumping up and down and everyone's screaming and the little girl, the hero girl is like, oh, isn't that the most beautiful sound? And it, you can tell it's the sound she's been following to get them here. Um, yep. But hero boy is like I, I can't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, he still can't. Yeah, he still can't hear the bell. And um, when I watched through this movie, um, you know, the first time, I, you know, obviously I could see that he wasn't hearing the bells, but I didn't really put it together that that was his association with you know not believing in Christmas. Kind of until this point, you see the see the reindeer jumping up and down. Everyone's you know all the elves are going crazy. Um, everyone's getting excited. There's they start seeing Santa Claus is coming to town and. Um, the little hero boy, you know, he can't hear the bells. And that's that's kind of when it set in for me, at least, that, oh, uh, okay, it's it's because he doesn't believe that right. any of this is real, and that's why he can't hear it. Right. And there's this one particular bell that he notices on this giant sleigh um, that's kind of half tethered, and mm-hmm. it's kind of going a little nuts because um, it's about to fall. Yep. And it ends up detaching from the rest of uh, kind of the bridal um, that's holding that you know that's holding the reindeer together, right, and it yep. lands right at his feet, 
and mm -hmm. it's then that he picks it up um he shakes it and he has this moment where he he says you know i do believe and at first he doesn't hear it and then he does mm -hmm. and then he notices that there's this big burly dude standing over him and it's yep. santa <laughs> and he says well i believe i believe that this bell is yours and he tries to give it back to him um and it is a really sweet moment mm -hmm. yep and then so santa goes to uh santa goes up to his sleigh um you know and tells the little boy that you know he gets the first Christmas of or the first gift of Christmas and our little hero boy you know asks for the asks if he can keep the sleigh bell right. um, so, so Santa gives it to him and he puts it in much his to the chagrin of the know-it-all boy who's <laughs> know -it -all like pick boy, me yeah. pick me pick me Cats. right yeah <laughs> yeah he's he's pretty much the worst but yeah so he wanted the wanted the uh, first gift but but the uh, little hero boy gets the first gift and um and he asks for the sleigh bell back so Santa Santa gives it to him um sticks it down and in, into his pocket which he's going to find out here shortly that that unfortunately was the pocket that had the uh, hole ripped in it. So that's right. And so he takes off, Santa takes off and um, the tree lights up and elves, the elves do what I think all the elves should be doing at this point, oh, yeah. which is partying like there is no tomorrow. And I really yeah. love that depiction, right? Because they've worked really hard. Um, right. They've had to do all of this stuff. And now they're they're not like, let's go back to work. They're like, let's party. Yeah, so, so they're they're partying. They're definitely drinking some of your uh, hot chocolate with uh, yeah, Jack Daniels fire version. in it. Yep. <laughs> um, they're having, there's like an elf band out there playing. It's it's literally, it's like a, like a party. And there's probably like a million of these elves. So yeah, yeah. So it's pretty it's, neat. It's pretty cool, but so they're partying, but you know, met Santa Claus, Santa's on his way. So it's time to get back on, on, you know, board the Polar Express so we can get all these, all the kids home. So the conductor, you know, tells everyone, you know, all aboard and, and they start going back and the kids line up to get back on the train and it's time to get their, you know, return tickets punched. So they, you know, hand over the tickets and, you know, he's, he's punched them, punches are really fast there, but uh, we finally get to figure out what the, uh, the punches mean on all of the tickets. Yeah, so I think Know It All Boy is the first one um, mm -hmm. that he says, you know, you need to learn. Um, yep. And a little bit of humility might not be such a bad thing. Yep. Uh, and so, and then for Hero Girl, it's the lead, um, lead yep. which means to depend on or rely on, right? Um, which is great because she's actually been leading them this entire time. <laughs> you yeah, know, she's yeah. been making decisions, she's been following her beliefs. Um, right. She led everyone. Let everyone through uh, the North Pole. There is, you know, on their yep. on their adventure. Yep. Yeah, and then so and Billy gets his, and I think his was uh, to you know rely on rely on your friends. Um, you know, kind of you know telling them you know it's o it's okay be with the other kids and talk with the other kids. You know, you're not an outsider, um, but you know rely on rely on your friends to be there for you. Yeah, I, I think with Billy, like he's he's one of my favorite characters in this because he goes from really not wanting or you know he doesn't want to be around the other kids he's in his own box mm -hmm. um you know his own car on the train and then he doesn't really want any help he does not want to be told and persuaded to get off the train to go meet santa right and yet um he ends up having to depend and rely on his friends to get him back to the north pole and yep. he you know through that vulnerability he comes to really uh make some great friends and mm -hmm. you know he's you know i think that because of what we know about him his you know this his house being where it was and how it looked and you know he didn't really didn't look like he had a lot of gifts he probably had been really let down by people in his life and you know as a, a kid you have to learn to you know get back up on on the horse, so to speak, right? And start to keep depending and relying on people and keep giving people the opportunity to let you down because that's the best way to uh, to make friends and find, you know, love and all that great stuff. So that yep. was a, it's really, really cool story. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really neat kind of a, a character arc for this this little boy that got on the train. Um, and then our hero boy gets the rest of his ticket punched and he gets Believe, you know, tagged onto his, onto his ticket. Um, because now, you know, he's, he's back to believing he's had this adventure, um, you know, met Santa Claus. I um, mean, here's the uh, jingle bell. And so, yeah, so he gets believed. So kind of the, the whole purpose of this 
train ride uh, for him is, has been completed. So um, all, the, all the kids get back in their seats and, you know, know it all and all the other kids, you know, they're asking him, you know, oh, what'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you ask for? Uh, for Santa for the first present. And he tells him that he wanted the sleigh bell and he reaches down into his pocket. And that's when he realizes uh, it's the one with the hole in it. And he, he lost the, lost the jingle bell. And he asks, you know, if it can, you know, all the kids say, let's go back out and look for it. But just right then the uh, train starts pulling away. So, so he loses, yeah. loses the jingle bell there. There yeah, is the sleigh bell. Very heartbreaking. Cause you know, there's, that's the one thing that he really, really wanted, you know, he could have asked for anything and he just wanted to, the remember the reminder of his belief and, and he yep. lost it. Um, and so everyone's then kind of, kind of down and um, everyone kind of falls asleep because it mm -hmm. is really late. Th this train ride was probably 18 hours or something. Oh yeah. They, you know, really At least. Did it for, you know, an hour or two. Um, mm. So, so then they have to go back. Um, so everyone's asleep except for uh, when they drop Billy off. Uh, mm -hmm. And Billy, you know, goes to the hero boy and thanks him for stopping the train. Um, yep. And it's really sweet because you don't know if they're ever going to see each other again. But uh, right, yeah, they've had this really amazing adventure, and um, both of them are now big believers. And, That's right. You know, they, I think Billy goes in and he actually sees that um, his present did arrive. That's right. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was on the. If it was on the porch or if he ran inside and grabbed it and ran back out. But yeah, we definitely see that he got that got that present from the North Pole that he, you know, reluctantly had to had to give back up there in, in Santa's bag. So so that's yeah. good. So hopefully he had a good Christmas there. So yeah. um we're gonna gonna keep going and making our stops and then you know it's finally time for the uh the hero boy to get off of the train. So so he gets off, you know, the kind of the conductor sees him off and you know tells him, you know, Merry Christmas. He shouts at him as he's yeah, and the the conductor, train. yeah, he has a really good conversation with him too, right? And he says, you know, it was, it, it's, it's not, um, it's a, you, it's, it's important that you make the decision to get on, right? Right. Yep. And he took that journey, and he, he, you know, it was almost, it felt to me, it was almost predestined that he was going to believe because he mm -hmm. ended up making that decision at the last right, minute yeah. to get on the train in the first place. Yep. Um, I thought that was really kind of a neat way to bring it back to the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, he rushes inside thinking that maybe Santa's come, but it doesn't look like Santa has made it to this part of the United States yet. Yeah, he's not um, been there yet. Yep. So there's no signs of Santa. The cookies are still there. And so um, the little boy decides to go ahead and go to sleep. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then he wakes up uh, and it's Christmas morning. That's right. Yeah. So he, he gets up and uh, wakes up his sister and goes down and there's, you know, all the presents uh, kind of there under the tree and you get kind of the um, kind of off to the side, just, you know, them talking about that. And I think his sister finds a present kind of in back of the tree um, for her brother there, something that got missed and um, his parents don't know what it is, but so he opens it up and it's that sleigh bell. Yeah. And it rings and he can hear it and yep. his sister can hear it. Um, but the parents can't hear it because they've grown up and yep. inevitably that belief has kind of faded. That's and right. Yeah. The, the narrator then goes on to say, you know, the bell over the years, the bell stopped ringing for all his friends and it stopped ringing for his sister, mm -hmm. but the bell still rings for him. Yep. And it's, it's kind of a bittersweet thought where, you know, a lot of people end up growing up and, um, they forget mm -hmm. to believe in that Christmas magic, but uh, right. that's the greatest thing about Christmas is that, you know, you can always believe. That's right. Yeah. You can always, always <laughs> believe. And yeah, so that, yeah, really touching kind of, kind of sentiment at the end, you know, like you said, bittersweet for, for sure. But yeah, as long as you keep Christmas in your heart, then Christmas is real if you believe it's real. So. Well, Santa Claus still comes to my house. Well, there you go. I, See, <laughs> I still write him letters. It is very, very real. I get, I leave him fudge. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Reindeer. Oh yeah. I definitely want to come over for some of that then on, <laughs> on Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause fudge is a good one. So, okay. Well that was, um, that was Polar Express. Uh, what, what were your kind of overall thoughts on it, Michaela? What do you, what do you think about Polar Express? Did you watch, did you see this in the, in the theater? Do you guys watch it every year? Or? I did not see it in the theater. Okay. Um, I did not. I watched it for the first time, maybe a, my son was probably two or three years old when I decided okay. to watch it. Cause he started to get really into trains. Oh, okay. And, 
you oh, know, so just he, in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Huh. The I think it was interesting. This film was not actually nominated for best animated film, right. but it made a lot of money at the box office. This might be the third highest grossing Christmas movie of like the last twenty five years or something. Okay, like it made a lot of money, um, and yeah. because of the train uh, that it's in, and there's there's a lot of architectural. Um, tidbits in it so like the the way that the elf village and the north pole village was created Mm -hmm. um had some really cool architectural kind of pieces to it that made it really cool and the train itself was a very specialized train um you know there was a lot of phenomenon around this film um you know uh sea world uh in orlando had this polar express experience for i don't know like eight years um, mm-hmm. every Christmas. Um, now you can buy Polar Express trains. You can um, do train experiences all over the United States. And actually, that's really what turned me on to seeing the film. Okay. Because when I moved to the Carolinas, um, there's a train um, museum that I uh, that you can go to. And at Christmas time, when you're not in COVID, you can go right. and, and you get on the Polar Express. And they actually kind of re-enact the film and the story you oh, okay. get some hot chocolate you show up in your pajamas and you know you can my son one of his his favorite things is the blue robe with the whole oh, okay yeah <laughs> so it's it, and it was that that really was like oh i should probably see this film and um so it, it's very new to me um what about you what, what did you think yeah so yeah same as same as you like i knew of it my my niece and nephew, uh, my brother's uh, kids, they've been, you know, pretty much every year, as long as I can remember, they do kind of a same kind of a thing up in Ohio, uh, where they'll go and do like the, you know, Polar Express experience, they go and get the hot chocolate and, you know, sing the songs and kind of go through the story and ends up at, you know, like the North Pole and stuff with all the elves and stuff. So, uh, so that was kind of how I was first like introduced to it. I mean, other than, you know, I knew of the film when it came out, just because, you know, the technology kind of put into it and that you had an animated Tom Hanks and he looked exactly like Tom Hanks and um, he was doing all these voices and things but I'd actually never seen this movie just until this year so um, so I'm very new to it so um, but yeah definitely a, a really nice uh, story you know for I think it's I think it's good for adults and for kids because the kids you know get get that magic part but the adults get kind of the more the heavier um, stuff you know with going through the the train car of the, you know, the abandoned toys and, you know, just kind of struggling with that, with that belief and things. So, um, so I think it definitely kind of resonates with a lot of people, which probably, you know, is part of why it's so popular um, yeah. still to this day, you know, you know, 16 years or whatever it's been since it came out. So. And it's, you know, it's a good story. It doesn't, it's not earth shattering, right? You pretty much kind of know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, uh, it's well, I mean, it's well executed. I think some people were thrown off. Um, some of the, you know, critics, when it came out, they were thrown off by how uncanny it was. Right. Um, and, and perhaps that's why it, it didn't get um, as as much, uh, you know, like it wasn't nominated for Best Animated Film. But Yum. Um, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's not something that we watch over and over and over again. I think we do right. it a couple of times during the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to tell you, we have, you know, Polar Express trains, especially at Christmas. There's always one around the Christmas tree. Right. And that experience, my son is really sad that we're missing it this year um, because yeah. of COVID. Because it is really a fun experience to, you know, get on a train and meet a conductor and, you um, go on an adventure and you kind of they stop the train and you can go and see the north pole and they do Mm -hmm. it up and you 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 get to really feel that scene and have that belief right uh, moment for yourself as an adult uh and i'm a big softy so i love that stuff so (laughs) yeah no that's really Um, cool yeah for sure well yeah so hopefully you know this will make it into our kind of uh annual rotation on the on the christmas movies now too that we've seen it so uh, what do you guys think? Uh, home, anyone listening? To, uh, what do you think about Polar Express? Do you watch it every year? Have you ever watched it? Have you done one of these ex- uh, kind of Polar Express experiences on the trains? We'd love to love to hear about it. So definitely let us know. Uh, Michaela, why don't you tell people where uh, where they can find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. 
We'd appreciate it if you subscribed and if you liked what you hear, give us a five-star review because it really helps get Drink the Movies out there. And you can follow us at Drink the Movies on Twitter and Instagram. And you can check out our awesome website at www.drinkthemovies.com for recipes, movie recaps, news, and much more Drink the Movies fun. That's right. Um, and if you made a hot chocolate um, for the episode, uh, we definitely want to hear about that. So if you have a special recipe or if you have a favorite kind of chocolate that you use, you know, what kind of your favorite way to uh, to adult up your uh, hot chocolate is, you know, let us know. You can uh, use the hashtag drink the movies on, on either the Twitter or Instagram or post onto our Facebook page. So we definitely want to hear about that. So, and unfortunately I have to say that uh, the hot chocolate was too delicious and I could definitely go for another one. So what do you think? I think we should go mix something up. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us and we will talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, the Movies. movies.